0: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, he loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe.
1: Hello and welcome to the Delirious Nomads podcast. I am here with a very good friend of mine, Ryan Garney of High Desert Queen, uh, of My Spoon Booking, someone who's been doing a lot of things in the stoner scene for a while now. And it's been really cool to watch him kind of grow. And I wanted to kind of talk to him about where the stoner rock scene is at today, being a self-booked DIY band, which he's done a really incredible job of doing, and really just sort of the history of what's going on here. So... I guess kind of where I want to start with all of this, Ryan, is like, how did you get involved in the heavy rock scene in general? All right, first of all, thanks for having me, Matt.
0: All those are very complimentary things to say. You're a big uh, tribute to all of those things.
1: I know. I'm humble too.
0: You know. You know. But I figured I'd go ahead and say it anyway. I've been involved in the heavy music scene for a long, long time as far as a fan. Uh, never been on this side of the table as far as trying to book shows in the scene or I haven't had a band that was active in a long time uh, until basically right before lockdown we started a band hydrogen queen and just kind of started we played our literally literally our first couple shows and then the world shut down and that kind of spawned the idea of lick of my spoon productions and booking mainly just because nobody was being proactive in booking at the time and I wanted to be proactive because eventually I knew the world was going to open again And I kind of wanted to get ahead of the curve. And uh, it it turned out to be a a really good thing. And I've been able to help out a lot of friends and really good bands and been able to book uh, some cool shows. I selfishly book shows that I myself want to see. So I get a lot of bands that I really respect and enjoy. And
1: I've been amazed at who I've been able to work with over the past uh, few years now. And this is something I want to emphasize is that like you started doing this like not as a enthusiastic 16 year old you started doing this as like yeah I'm 40 now someone who like was an adult with a job correct yeah I'm, i I have a full-time job. I think that's really important to talk about because it's like I feel like most people think like oh I can't like do music really aggressively because I have too much you know being an adult. How do you find that balance? Because like you're a teacher, like that's like not a job you can fuck around on. How do you find that balance?
0: Right, and I, I think it's a huge cop out for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, idea that I oh I have too much going on. I'm a firm believer that if it's something you love, you find time for it. Sure, because I do. You know, I'm a teacher and I'm a coach, which takes up an extraordinary amount of time. But there are things that I love to do, and then music is another thing that I truly am super passionate about. I think that, you know, there was a long period of my life where I was in a band, you know, a couple of bands in college and it was kind of fizzled out. And then I became that adult and had to, I guess, quote unquote, grow up uh, and kind of get out of music. And it was an empty void in my life for a very long time. And so that when I started getting active in music again and had a band that was playing and then started booking, I just kind of took it at a full head of steam. Obviously, you have to be extremely, well, I say extremely organized. Heck, I'm not even that organized sometimes, but...
1: Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, you're, like, and, and this isn't even... I'm not even trying to be, like... Like, you're not, like, a super genius. You're just, like, going for it. Right. I guess be one thing is that at my age, I
0: don't care if I get told no.
1: I think that's key.
0: Or if I get told that what I'm doing is stupid or dumb that my ego probably would have not allowed me to handle when I was younger mm-hmm. because I am not scared of getting told no. And I have a lot of ideas that some are good and some are bad and that's okay. And, you know, I have people like you that kind of help me uh, focus those good ideas and maybe make those bad ideas, good ideas. I, I'm not afraid to be told no. And so when I, when I'm asking and cause I have no clue, people still ask me like, man, How'd you get the show? Or how'd you get your band on that? Or how how have you been doing all these bookings? How'd you start doing Ripple Fest? All the stuff. And I'm like, I just I just did. There was no, I just asked. And I, and sometimes nobody answered. So I just started doing it. I, I'm not afraid of working, working hard on something. And because I know some people are afraid of working and then it not happening or maybe it not turning out as good as you would like. I'm not scared of that failing is the ultimate teacher in life.
1: Yeah, is that you have to kind of be emotionally ready to, hey, you might get kicked in the teeth, but like you can either, I don't know, I feel like so many people, it's either like like that fear of getting kicked in the teeth is what holds them back.
0: Oh, it it, it does. And there's a book that I it, this is from my teaching aspect that everyone should read. It's a book called The Alchemist uh, by Paulo Coelho. And I read it and there was, I read it when I was, Probably just out of college, and there's a line in that book that spoke to me, uh, and it's—I've tried to kind of make it my mantra. And the line—it's not like he invented the line. It's just that in the book, it made a good example. It says the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself, and that is so true because I could be scared of being told no, and scared of the show I put together bomb, and nobody show up, or scared that I'm going to lose a little bit of money here, or scared that—but if it happens, like if the show does bomb. Or I do lose money or uh, it doesn't work out like I planned. Yeah, it sucks, but it's like ripping the band-aid off. It's it's over. Now it's on to the next thing. It's not
1: Yeah. And I think that's definitely the thing. Like I feel like everything as someone who's like, you know, has a lot of anxiety all of the time. I feel (laughs) like this is like a very key thing is like, especially because it's like it's music. It's not like it's not like you're a doctor. (laughs) <laughs> you know Correct. what I mean? Correct. Like it's not nobody's like, life oh,
0: is in my hands. Yeah.
1: Not like oh I fucked up somebody's life forever. Correct. You know what I mean? Like you're just you're booking a show with some bands. Hopefully and some people show up.
0: Yeah, it's art, and like I firmly believe in like I bet my taste in music isn't isn't shitty. And um, so if I'm because I, I I do I selfishly book shows that I want to go to yeah and so if it's a show i'd want to go to i would think there's people who'd want to go to and yeah of course i've booked shows that didn't have the turnout you have because there's there's a million factors uh in why shows are, are successful or not which i've had to learn you know some ways the hard way and some ways just because i didn't know and 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 some shows i didn't think were going to do well exploded because of little gimmicks. It's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting world. uh, The business world of booking shows, but first and foremost, I don't book shitty bands. So I feel like it's something I'd want to go to and see. So other people will do it too. And and if it's a good show, guess what? They're going to come to the next one, right? They're going, Oh man, look at my spoon productions puts on good shows. So I'm going to go check them out again.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the thing. And it's, it's something I think is really funny not even funny, but just sad is like, I feel like there's more promoters are just so broken all of the time.
0: I found that as a musician, I find that promoters are always broken, <laughs> like just broken people, broken attitudes, everything.
1: And I think so much of it is because like, I don't know, I just I think that like you're you're at like the ass end of the industry where like you're losing the most money and you're putting the most money up to risk and there isn't like until you get to a certain level, there isn't, like, a salaried promoter job. Correct. So, like, the full-time club promoter is living or dying, doing a ton of work to make $150 a night, $200 a night. At best, sometimes, and yeah. if they, And if they put aside, and if they put in, what I find, like, that's really crazy is, like, if you put in the settlement, you know, I need my promoter fee of $200, then the band thinks you're an asshole. right which is which that and they don't realize that show would have never happened without that promoter yeah and it's like fuck bro like i don't know i just so what i want to get into here i want to talk about ripple fest in a minute but what do you think makes a good show
0: obviously you gotta have, have the bands have to be good but i truly believe in vibes so i want everybody there to have the same kind of vibe where even from the musician, to the sound people, to the people behind the bar, to everything. And I know a lot of that starts with with me. So as the booker and the promoter, being a musician myself, I've dealt with total jaded promoters who got in it. I know at one point, everyone who's at that level probably got into it for the love of music, or maybe they were trying to Elevate themselves, and somewhere along the way, it didn't go as ways as planned, and they get completely jaded. And I've dealt with total assholes promoters, and I've dealt with asshole sound guys. I've dealt with asshole everything. Right? You know, it's just part of a musician playing in a band. But say it starts with me at a show. Like my my attitude at a show, and I get there on time, and and I'm I got to be nice to you know I, I don't have to be nice. I want to be nice to every single person involved. You know. I'm going to go talk to the bartenders. I'm going to talk to the sound guys. I'm going to talk to the guys sweeping the floors. I'm going to talk to everybody. But everything that I do has to have that vibe. I got to create the vibe. Even the bands I book, I'm not going to book bands that I hear or that I have found out are assholes. Like that's just not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Um, Nobody is, you know, especially at the level I'm booking. I don't feel like anybody should ever be a dick. It happens at times. I know. But and there's and there's forgiveness and everything involved, but it has a reputation. I don't want to book that because I want to have the vibes like getting, you know, we're not going to quite get to Ripple Fest yet, but I like family kind of atmosphere to show. Yeah, where let's be honest, when I'm booking like shows in Austin, a lot of the same people come to my shows because a lot of people, it's the same people that dig the music that I book,
1: right? You're booking in a specific niche. Correct.
0: And I like it when the bands hang out, you know, with the crowd, the, the bands, you know, the, the crowd hangs out. You know, they, they see each other. They become friends and becomes family. And and, and I really like that atmosphere a lot. And uh, there's no, like, one way to create that. So with me, what makes a successful show is the vibes that you, it creates with good music, with the people that are there. And I'm pretty selective in the venues that I pick, too, because...
1: as a huge part in it.
0: I, it. I mean, that's that's massive. I mean, it's, it's uh, venues I book... You know they have to have great staff, or else you know the whole experience. I mean, the whole experience can be ruined at the bar. You just never know.
1: Absolutely, and that's I had an issue like that last night. That like completely torched a really good show for a band I manage. Where you yeah. know someone was a dick, and that now they don't want to go back there.
0: Yeah, and it's, and it's unfortunate because shit like that happens, and it's it's a lot of it's an unavoidable. But you know when you do it the right places enough times and get the right people involved, it tends to work out and. Sound guys are obviously huge. They will never get enough respect because I've played shows where i have like, man, we crushed it and we sounded like shit because of sound guy and I've played shows where I'm like, man, I don't think we really had it that night, but it sounded great in the PA, you know, so those guys are hugely important. And so I definitely do my homework on yeah. venues that are, that are hiring
1: the right people or have the right people working yeah. uh, the sound for sure. And I think that's another job where you have a lot of people who kind of seem a little bit broken. um, oh my gosh, and it's and
0: it, and it's that's what I'm saying. and you have to go and talk to these people, right? Like you need to go and be like, man, if they're doing if someone's doing a good job, I'm not scared to tell them they're doing a good job.
1: Uh, I'm a- yeah, and I think that's a huge piece is yeah, people need to feel appreciated and loved, especially when they're there for not a ton of money to stay up late. You know, to be yeah, to have bands be shitty to them.
0: Yeah, because bands already need the love. That's that's why they're in a band. They're they're shallow people. <laughs> you know, they're like, please, I need the love. You know, that's why I'm on stage. You know, I need the love. And now I'm I'm speaking obviously in generalizations, but hey, there is there's some egos involved in being in a band, and so they need that love. And a lot of times, the people that really truly deserve the love are get, get overlooked, like the sound guys, the staff, the Shit, the guy who's helping you load up gear, you know, just guy who directs you to park in the right spot. There's so many people involved in making a successful show.
1: So many people. Very much so. Now let's talk about Ripple Fest. So what's going on there? Talk to us.
0: And I love how that has spawned into what it is. Obviously, I'm not first one to do a Ripple Fest because there's been many, many, many uh all over the world. When Hydrogen Queen was signed to Ripple Fest, I wanted to play one. I reached out to Todd saying, Hey. But do you think that every Ripple Fest, Texas, and I found out that that's kind of like that all the Ripple Fests were band done. Somebody in a band kind of took hold of it and put it together. And I knew that I, my band was in nowhere at, a, at the stature. I have no status in the label. We haven't even done anything for anybody yet. But once again, I'm not scared to like take charge of something. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. I did not know to what scale it would grow. But I'm very happy with what it has. And that's kind of what I appreciate is in the music world. It's also a family within the music world. Uh, and you find the bands that are truly your family and then those that aren't. And uh, everyone's out to help one another. And it's just kind of grown and grown and grown. And where it's at now, I'm, I'm holding it and going back to talking about great venues. There's a venue in Austin called the Far Out Lounge, which from top to bottom does everything right. Yeah, And so I definitely want to have it there until they tell me I can't do it there anymore. And it just gets, it's gotten bigger and bigger. That's kind of the idea is to get it, to get bigger. And we, we went big last year, knowing that we may take a loss, but once again, we're not scared to do that. It's the idea of getting, it wasn't really about elevating Lick of My Spoon production. It was about elevating the scene. You know, like I knew that that festival immensely helped Ripple you know, even. Absolutely. And I would I would reap no reward of that, but that's okay. It's I do actually reap reward because the scene grows. And my family, my contacts from booking that has grown, which is just, you know, in turn helped me book shows easier, book my own band easier, which was never the intention, but it's definitely a good side effect.
1: And that's kind of the piece. It's like, I just think when you do that with bands and when you start to, this is something we talk about with the label a lot, right? Is like, how do we... And for those listening, I'm talking about Blacklight Media, the label that hosts this podcast, but also Ripple Music, where I've been involved for a very long time, seven years, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that there's such a key piece of when you engage with the community on a deep, meaningful way, then people want to start to help your band. Correct. And if you refuse to engage with the community for whatever reason, then nobody's going to give a shit.
0: And yeah. And the, and word's going to get out. If they did give a shit, word's going to get out what you do and how you treat other people. And they're going to stop giving a shit because let's be honest, there's a million good bands out there. Yeah. You know, there's a, I mean, they're, they are everywhere. Like I even look like at my own band. I'm like, there's nothing. I mean, Hires a queen will eventually, you know, be gone. And it's that's, there's so many good bands there. Right. Like I, I feel privileged uh, to play the shows, that we are playing, I don't feel like it is deserved. If that makes sense, like everything should be, everything should be a privilege because you never know when it's going to be gone because there's a lot of good bands out there a lot. And a lot of bands don't get the recognition because maybe they don't, they have not learned that idea of getting into the community and helping and seeing what a big family family it is. There's people who think this industry is so cutthroat. I have experienced part of that on the booking side. But I don't care, so it doesn't bother me.
1: Well, I also think, okay, here's my hot
0: take. Yeah, the bacon hot take, go.
1: People think the industry is cutthroat because it doesn't actually benefit them. But it doesn't benefit them because, hot takes that will get me in trouble, they're either A, assholes, or B, not making very good music. And the asshole one is oftentimes kind of funny because, like, I've definitely assholes or idiots right because i've definitely like spoken to bands who are like why is this working out and it's like it's clear that you're just like kind of a douchebag <laughs> and yeah everyone yeah, who exactly. meets like you know like there's people who just have douche vibes right and like you meet them and you're like oh you just kind of suck like i don't really want to be your friend like you just seem like kind of a sucky person right <laughs> and then, it's sad but true you know they might be making great music no but like he but like you know what i mean like i'm not trying to be like a, a dick but like you know what i'm saying or like whatever there's people who like are clearly me 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 type people but then the other piece that like nobody wants to talk about is like sometimes people just don't like your band that much and i think this is like one of the keys is i'm really going off now it's like one of the keys is like To be clear, it's not always because they don't like your music that much. As much as the music isn't in the zeitgeist, I always talk about this band Starkill I used to manage, who were probably the best musicians I ever worked with, Mm -hmm. but just they were playing symphonic metal three years too late and nobody gave a shit. Right, I got you. Right, but monster guitarists and stuff, monster pop hooks. This is the thing: is like if your music isn't good, then like Ryan Garney doesn't want to book you, and if you're a stoner rock band who Ryan Garney doesn't want to book in Austin then there's not that many other people because at the end of the day your taste is relatively similar to most of the other guys who book stoner rock in austin and like and you know and you're just you're not getting shots and it's cutthroat because people are hearing the tunes and they're not immediately like oh this is for me and i see it right like i see it when i ask for shots is i see the bands who have the tunes that resonate right you know like some of these bands i don't need to actually i don't need to push i just say oh i work with this band like High Desert Queen is an example of a band because Ryan and I do a lot of stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. And I hit people up about High Desert Queen and like right away they're like, yeah, okay. In. It's so cool to hear, by the way. Yeah, but it's like this is what it is, you know? And But the other piece too is the community piece, right? Is that you've built up – when I reach out to a lot of these people, you've built up a reputation that goes in front of you, mm-hmm. right? So I don't really need to, oh, yeah, I heard something good from this guy. And the other piece, again, as part of this community building piece, and I want to circle back on a myth here in a minute, is people will check you out. Like, people – if I introduce someone, you know, to to you, Ryan, or to anyone I work with. Right. Which you've done a lot for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they'll go and they'll hit up – they'll, like, look at the mutual friends on Facebook or the mutual followers on Instagram, and they'll be like – they'll hit one of them up and be like, is this guy real? Because I do that to people all the time. All day I hit people up. I do too. You know, to be like, yo, I got asked, I got introduced to this guy. Like, is he legit? or what's he you know what's the story here oh yeah we all
0: have those people that we hit up all the time about that exactly
1: exactly and it's like that's where the you know because a lot of people will hit me back and will hit me we'll be like oh well you're just saying i just have to make friends with people and people just want to do favors for their friends and it's like no they just want to do favors for people who don't suck correct
0: that's exactly right
1: and you end up becoming friends because you're doing cool stuff together and you don't suck and you're passionate about the same shit and like ultimately that's what Foster's friendship yeah. in my experience. I'm very lonely. I don't have many friends. But, but you know, but broadly speaking, most of my friendships are like based around shit we're mutually interested in, which is like correct, music or I guess Roman history because I'm really white <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, yes, you are. yes, you are.
0: But um, but yeah, it, and it's like, I've always known that the community is a huge, important thing to not only make great or to like have your band be successful, but booking be successful. And I have to give you credit because I, I, everyone and everyone knows that that shouldn't be a mystery to anybody, by the way, that shouldn't be a mystery to anybody to know that you go out and support other bands and you go out and promote other people other than yourself. That's a really positive thing. But the hard part sometimes, even for me was knowing exactly how to go about doing that, which isn't hard to do at all but sometimes people don't know where to start and that's where i feel like you've really helped me a lot Is like For okay sure. i know this is what i need to do what's the best way to make an intro and what's the best way to make uh and sometimes it's simple you'll just be like well here i'll just here's a message where i introduce you to them yeah or uh and stuff like that and people but even without that connection even without like your connection people need to need to realize like i do this all the time and i did it before i worked with you i just do i do it at Totally new level now where I will reach out to any single band I hear that sounds good. Yeah. I hear a song I like. I reach, I, I write them up. I don't know. They could have eight followers or 80,000 followers. I reach out to them and say, Hey, man, I really, I really dig what you're doing. That's just me being honest and genuine. I'm not doing that to elevate my band, but it actually has elevated my band because now they know who we are.
1: And I just want to point out you can do that with anyone in the business if you send a, genuine meaningful compliment like and i'll even do stuff where like okay this is some like we got to wrap up in a minute but this is like some insane matt bacon shit yeah i'll do stuff where like every book i read because mostly what i read is like contemporary business books gotcha i will email the author and like most of the time authors will email you back because like why because i sent in a note that said hi you're i really liked your book that you spent all this time on so of course they want to talk to me and say thank you yeah yeah Especially if you point out
0: something about
1: the book, right? Cause, or the music
0: or right. exactly, yeah. That's the elevated thing. It's not just the, like, I think you pointed out, you. I'm stealing one of your lines to say, you're, I'm not just someone going, rock on and fire emojis. You know, like I'm genuinely writing something that I liked about the music or about the book or about
1: yeah, yeah. this lyric really struck me. This guitar tone was really good. Which shows I listened. and Yeah, yeah. your singer's hair is really nice. That's not really applicable to you. Yeah, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Blow
0: the belt. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> bald, is, bald is beautiful, man. Bald is beautiful. That's what they all say. This is what, um, what my mom says.
1: <laughs> well done. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, all this to say as we head towards the end where can people learn more about high desert queen your booking and all of this sure so highdesertqueen.com we
0: have our we have our website uh, lick of my spoon has a website lickofmyspoon.com and the band obviously and both the booking moniker lick of my spoon productions and high desert queen instagram facebook twitter getting better at twitter and getting better at tiktok working on it and the music of course is on anywhere that streams music we have our our debut record that's been out for just over a year now it's still out and working on our next one
1: there you go thank you so much for coming on ryan
0: absolute pleasure matt well i know we'll be talking to you soon
1: all right so that was awesome
0: thank you everyone out there for listening to delirious nomads sponsored by blacklight media we will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest be sure to follow blacklight media on socials for new music and more and above all keep it heavy